Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sound of My Own Voice podcast, episode 7, or as it will soon be known, Ian's absolute sauna of a game room with the 95-degree heat index outside currently. Uh, I only have one monitor on right now, and it is already just incredibly hot from not having the small fan that sits next to my desk on. Um, as always, I'm your host, Ian Barrage, and uh, we're going to talk about some stuff today. Before I jump into that, if you like what you hear, or have heard before and like what you heard and haven't done so already, uh, hit that little subscribe button on your podcast platform of choice, whether it's Spotify or uh, Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you might be listening. Uh, you know, if you like it. Hit, a, hit that subscribe. Leave me a comment. Leave a rating. Tell me how I'm doing. Tell me what I'm doing wrong. Tell me what I'm doing good. Uh, everything helps the algorithm. And Lord knows with the 300% decline in listeners over the last two weeks, I could certainly use it. Speaking of listeners, some interesting facts that I didn't realize. Uh, I totally suspected that all of my listeners would be from the United States because... I totally suspected that all of my listeners were people that I knew in real life. Uh, but we actually have uh, uh, listeners from France, Netherlands, Czech Republic, and Germany. Uh, so shout out to my Western European friends. Uh, I actually think I might know who one of these is, but the rest couldn't tell you. So if you just happen to stumble upon this podcast, uh, if you clicked on the wrong podcast and are listening to this and said, stick around, maybe you'll find... Uh, something interesting. Uh, we did have another off week last week uh, due to um, some unfortunate circumstances uh, with the dates, the way they lined up. Um, uh, basically, uh, not to get ahead of myself, um, but part of today's podcast, today's podcast is going to kind of be like half, uh, half, um, life update kind of half me kind of just talking uh about myself and about some things and about uh what's been going on um and then as well as uh talking about a a show that has uh brought me immense joy uh over the last 10 years um that i have been watching it um and though the show has not lasted all 10 of those years. Actually, I guess 11 years. Holy shit, it's been 11 years since that show was started airing. Um, but I kind of just want to talk about some stuff uh, today. Uh, we'll also talk about uh, Joe Rogan shitting on gamers everywhere. Um, because why not? Everyone's fucking talking about that. I might as well put him in the head title. Head title. I might as well put him in the title and headline for the podcast uh, in the absolutely vain attempt to get someone else to click on this um but the last uh the reason i didn't record a podcast last week um is because last monday when i normally record the podcasts uh was the eighth uh eight year anniversary of my best friend committing suicide as well as the nine year anniversary um of one of my other best friends uh dying in a car wreck with his then girlfriend uh, who also died in a car wreck. Um, July 20th is not a great day for me, and really the uh, end of July is not a great time of the year ever for me. Um, naturally, it's a time of year that uh, just doesn't bring any joy or any happiness with it most of the time. 
um, uh, some very notable exceptions being um, uh, some people in my life's birthdays that happened during this part of uh, the year, which are obviously quite fun and, and quite enjoyable. But, um, you know, generally speaking, this, this, this time of year is a, is a time for me to sort of reflect uh, and a time for me to sort of um, honestly be sad for a long, long time um, about uh, things that happened that were out of my control. And so I actually had planned on recording a podcast. I was going to get uh, on the mic and uh, just kind of free ball and talk for um, 30-ish minutes and see what happened. Um, But I decided that it probably wasn't a good idea. It was probably going to be a fairly shitty podcast um, with very little cohesion, and it was kind of going to just be me uh, vomiting in sort of a depressive state, my thoughts into the world, which maybe there's a time and a place for that. And maybe part of today's podcast, it's kind of going to be the intersection of that and maybe some more, um, concrete and maybe worthwhile, uh, discussion ventures. But I think last Monday, it really just wouldn't have been very fruitful, uh, though I did, uh, manage to, uh, bang out around, uh, 2,000 words um, into some world building and lore building uh, for a novel that I'm writing uh, last weekend. Um, you know, sometimes they say sadness is the great artistic motivator, and it certainly um, proved the case last weekend. So I was able to uh, at least get something productive done last week uh, in terms of creative endeavors, but unfortunately the podcast took a hit, which for the second time in July, uh, it was uh, we skipped a week, which uh, again, as as mentioned by the declining listenership, is that what you call? Uh, is it just listeners? Do you think they listenership right? Should you call it viewers, right? Viewers or viewership? Is it called a listenership? I just that that word seems so mouthy. That doesn't uh, that doesn't feel right on the tongue. I don't I don't know that I like listenership, but uh, yeah, as you know, by the declining um, downloads on the podcast, obviously. Uh, taking time off, right? Uh, consistency is is rewarded greatly in all sorts of uh, new media, internet endeavors, right? Whether it's streaming, podcasting, uploading videos to YouTube. If people can rely on your schedule, then you're often rewarded by growth. Whereas if you have an unreliable schedule, you don't have growth. So totally understandable. We're going to try and get back in the swing of things um, this week uh, and, and kind of talk about some stuff. Um, and, uh, hopefully next week I'll have a little bit more of a topic to talk about. Like I said, this is kind of going to just be a life update, uh, here from the rip and then we'll mosey into, I'll actually probably do the Joe Rogan thing in the middle and then we'll talk about, uh, you know, we'll talk about some, some other shit, uh, at the end, um, with, uh, a, like I said, a show that is very, very near and dear to me. And something that I've actually been uh, watching this past uh, week, week and a half, while I've been uh, so upset. While my square, my square, my chair is so squeaky, I'm sure the mic is picking that up. Um, but life update for myself, uh, other than uh, being just mostly horrifically depressed for the last couple of weeks, um, I uh, have also been dealing with. Um, a job that has changed uh, course dramatically um, from what we were doing last year, uh, and unfortunately, dramatically in a negative way, 
um, basically less impact, less uh, overall enjoyment with the role, um, less, I believe, investment into uh, the um, customers and users that we are serving uh, in the role, um, and overall just an absolute dog shit change in my opinion, and um, something that I don't think uh, was maybe necessarily I actually think that it was thought about very heavily in terms of how they wanted to implement it. I, what I actually suspect um, is that the uh, time that this role and organization exists uh, is finite um, and very finite at that. And they are trying to pivot in such a way that it makes sense within the broader strokes of the greater organization um, and in an attempt to do so, have pretty much just kneecapped all of their employees um, to really have any impactful and meaningful work. And that's really sad um, because in a time where uh, things are so tumultuous from a personal life perspective, I would have liked to have kind of just maybe put my head down, focused on my work, tried to do things and tried to uh, kind of just uh, sort of absorb myself in that so I wasn't you know, thinking about things as much. Um, but unfortunately I can't even do that because just of, because of all the changes and everything that have happened, though that isn't to say that I haven't, uh, uh, been not busy with work as uh, a million and a half things, uh, changed. That means 2 million things broke in the change. Uh, and I'm generally the person that attempts to figure it out and explain it to everybody. So that's what a majority of my July has been from a work perspective is just figuring out everything that has broken, trying to explain it to people and hoping that the powers that be will deign me uh, with the uh, ever so fruitless uh, endeavor of replying in a way that doesn't make me want to gouge my eyes out. Um, other than that, uh, July has been, like I said, mostly kind of a, a, a boring um a boring month, um, so to speak. Uh, I have been, like I said, working on a, on a novel that I'm writing. Um, it's been getting some okay traction. I have been wanting to read a lot more, actually. I've been focusing um, a lot of my uh, efforts and a lot of my free time um, in the night is now around reading instead of around playing games, though I am obviously still playing a lot of games. Uh, but I, uh, sometimes I'll just be like, it's like midnight and normally I'd play games for another hour, an hour and a half before I go read for, you know, 30 minutes to an hour before I go to bed. And sometimes it'll be midnight and I'll just be like, you know what, I think I should read a book. Um, funnily enough, that's nothing to say about the, I think probably if I had to guess close to 70 comics I have just sitting in a giant stack that I haven't read over the last six months. Um, it was like when fucking Corona hit, I had a backlog, I went to the comic shop, I bought them all, I got everything I needed to get caught up with X-Men, to get caught up with a couple of other series that I'm following, and then I just didn't read any of them. I just like didn't feel like reading comics, and now it's been like five months and I haven't read any of them, and my fucking stack just keeps getting bigger. Thankfully, comics were like canceled for a little bit in terms of printing, or else I'd probably be 100 issues deep now uh, in backlog. Um, but what else about, uh, my life? I am looking for, uh, other, uh, opportunities within the same company that I work for, and hopefully that's going to go well. 
Um, and uh, we'll see how that uh, sort of settles things out. I have thought about uh, trying to stream more. I have streamed a couple times in July, and it was a varying degrees of, of fun for me. It's always, like, kind of fun, um, especially when I have um, even just literally one real person in chat, and it's not fucking Commander Root and Long Skateboarder or whatever the fucking other uh, electric skateboarder. Uh, uh, you know, sitting in your chat, not doing anything on Twitch. Um, but I, it's fun when there is at least one other person to interact with always, um, because that's the kind of comedy that I thrive off of. Again, ironically, I have a podcast by myself, uh, but I like to interact and engage with other people and I like to, you know, play off of other people. And I think that, um, uh, I think that, you know, streaming is something that, uh, that sort of personality really uh, highlights and is really adaptable in and really showcases a lot of that comedic talent when you do have other people interacting with you and engaging with you. Um, and that's, you know, one of my favorite things is obviously to hear my own voice and to hear myself talk. Uh, but rarely is it uh, as rewarding when I, or it's, rarely more rewarding to do so when I don't know someone is listening than when I do know someone is listening. Um, so, oh, actually, I guess I should also say, not to have a brace on my wrist, um, I'm pretty sure my carpal tunnel's acting up uh, as well. Um, so I'm wearing a, a, a brace on my wrist now uh, while I'm in, um, you know, doing different things and working throughout the day uh, as well as when I sleep. Also, this chair is so squeaky, I literally can't even move. I'm just stuck. I want to move so bad because I'm very uncomfortable in the position I'm in currently, but I am stuck because it's so squeaky, and I know it's already squeaked in the audio. I guess I need a new chair. Um, I actually do need like a new chair, a new set of headphones. The mic that I have for these headphones like that I would talk to if I was gaming is apparently just fucking shit now. It's like totally horrible. Everyone's been bitching about it. Um, I actually wear the headphones while I'm recording this, even though I can't hear my own voice through the Audacity recording. I'm sure there's a way I could, but I just don't listen to myself. Um, but it's actually like a technique I use to make sure that uh, I'm talking loud enough, because if the sound is dampened and I hear myself talking at a certain level, then I can at least know that I'm talking louder than that into the microphone. Um, I just made this chair squeak. Fuck it. Sorry. Oh, oh, that makes me feel so much better. There we go. Um, but yeah, uh, life is interesting, I suppose. It's, uh, not been going great, but hey, I, uh, rambled for 15 minutes about it, and that's what I used to do in my vlogs. So now you get all of the same rambling, minus having to look at my horrifically ugly face. So let's, uh, segue into another, uh, ugly mug and talk about Joe Rogan, um, and his... Uh, horrifically offensive, just downright despicable comments towards hashtag gamers and, uh, you know, video games in general. Um, slightly overdoing it, but basically the gist of what he said for the three people who live under a rock and haven't already seen this on Twitter and or a billion other commentary places that have already said stuff about it, um, he basically uh, equated playing video games to sort of any other interest, right? He said, you know, 
um, he used uh, jujitsu of all things as the counter example to this, where if I were to spend three years learning jujitsu and becoming a jujitsu master, then I could at the end of that be in really good shape, be the top of my class, uh, maybe open up a dojo, have a hundred uh, students under me who are paying me X amount of dollars. Whereas if I sit and play video games for three years and become the top person uh, you know, in that field, there's such a small chance of me actually being the top person. Plus, uh, there's no real other way to translate uh, those video game skills into making money. Um, obviously, there's two fatal flaws with this logic, which is one, it takes equal parts luck um, being a jujitsu dojo master as it does to becoming a, you know, a fucking grand uh, master in uh, any sort of video game or even just uh, a very popular streamer, um, there's still a considerable deal of luck involved as well as timing, right? If I lived in a city with 15 jujitsu dojo masters and I decided that I was going to train for three years and then open my own, um, you know, uh, uh, place of learning, then the chances of people coming and me getting clientele in a city with a population of 100 with 15 different dojos is pretty low. Uh, compared to if I move to a city of a hundred million or you know ten million or whatever, and uh, there were still only fifteen dojos, right? So it it's it's kind of about where and when you are. It's kind of about planning. It's 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 literally he distilled the most basic principle of any hobby, and then unilaterally applied it only to gaming. He's like. Completely ignoring the fact that, like, only the top 1% of all athletes who ever play a sport, honestly, it's probably, like, the top 0.1% of all athletes who ever play a sport will ever make any money or become a professional at it. Uh, and these people are, like, fucking genetic freaks, superhero Greek gods out there, you know, fucking just absolutely peak physical human specimens. At, you know, being uh, at the top of their craft and getting paid to, to play sports for our entertainment. Um, whereas, like, you know, the, the equally uh, improbable thing is for you to sit in front of your computer for 16 hours a day and play fucking Call of Duty or Fortnite or Rocket League or League of Legends or anything and become a professional player. It's the exact same amount of luck in terms of generating money based on skill alone. Um, but the the interesting thing is that he totally neglected to comment on, understand, make a remark about the fact that gaming right now, and really I think it's even broader than that because I think gaming, saying that gaming is a, or gaming can be lucrative because you can stream sort of discounts all of the other routes that you can go with streaming as well. Um, streaming and content creation right now is probably the most accessible, most lucrative thing that you could do in terms of being in a house with no other uh, options or no other skills other than putting your face into a camera and pressing record, right? Um, you certainly do have to be charismatic or you have to have some sort of niche that you market yourselves to or anything like that there's still a degree of luck but in terms of i could turn on my camera right now and if there was a community of people who only wanted to 
watch white dudes with beards and Atlanta United hats with blue t-shirts on, then I would suddenly have a niche market of 100 people watching me, and I could instantly make money doing that. Whereas if I went outside and picked up a baseball bat and hit a baseball, there's nothing in the immediacy of me practicing baseball at 28 years of age that's going to make me make money from playing baseball, right? Even if I were to do learn some super niche, like I'm, I balance the most baseballs on top of each other and then I can fucking hit home runs off of this stack of baseballs, right? Like, even if it was some, like, fucking insane Guinness World Record, the the lucrativeness of it, the profitability, the the fiscal sense that that makes, um, that was a play on words, by the way, uh, isn't, is, is much, much lower than, it, you know, literally being able to, with any of the tools that anyone has available to them, uh, provided they have a, a smartphone made in the last decade, be able to record themselves and put themselves on the internet. And and for streaming video games specifically, you don't even have to have a smartphone. You can literally fucking press six buttons on an Xbox or a PlayStation and be streaming, right? You can, with some effort, if you have a PC, stream your game, if not your face, right? And... You know, it's obviously harder now. It's obviously far more difficult now. Um, and there, it's not to say that it's easy money fucking, you know, start a career in gaming or streaming and you'll be a millionaire. But I think to discount it entirely as it's a waste of time is if I spent three years playing video games um, to better my craft, it would be any more or less of a waste of time than spending three years doing pickup basketball games, right? Um I think is extraordinarily short-sighted. Um, and really, the only point I think he could make um, that would make some sense and that I would agree with is if you were to look at something purely from a time investment perspective and you have someone who spends uh, 10 hours a day playing video games, 10 hours a day playing basketball, 10 hours a day uh, fucking training in martial arts, and 10 hours a day writing novels... And none of these people have any intention of ever making money with this. It's just what they do because it's a hobby. I'd question why they're doing it for 10 hours a day. But, uh, you know, um, playing video games um, and, and probably writing a novel, since that's pretty sedentary, right, uh, aren't going to be the best thing for you to spend 10 hours a day doing, right? Whereas playing basketball, doing martial arts, you're probably going to be in shape. You're probably going to get a little bit more benefits in terms of your overall health. But by the same token... Your mental health and your uh, just sort of lacrituity in your brain um, really like will have uh, a a much better time, um, you know, when you're doing something that does take a lot of cognitive reasoning. Not to say that martial arts or basketball don't, um, but they are more physical uh, activities. Whereas, like, if you're literally writing and you're sitting there just thinking of worlds, obviously you're having a lot more brain activity. Um, in in longer stretches of periods of time, um, but that's my fucking eighty seven cents on what Joe Rogan has to say about gamers. Um, I read a great quote uh, by someone today that said Joe Rogan hasn't really been in touch with most of the quote unquote common people for quite some time. He's like your he, he's like your friend's creepy older brother who still lives in the parents' basement and does DMT every day and believes every conspiracy theory he hears. 
uh, which I think is a beautiful way to sh- sum up most of what Joe Rogan says now. Um, he's definitely skewed far, far away from being sort of this every man. I understand how uh, the voice of the people uh, to, I mean, kind of uh, uh, a little bit of a nut job. But hey, you know what? Spotify just paid that nut job $100 million to put his fucking podcast on their service. So teach their own. You know, who who am I? Uh, to to talk uh, badly about his content, right? Um, and with that horrific segue, we're going to talk about uh, uh, my favorite show of all time, hands down. Um, I have no problem saying this. Normally, especially when we talk about games or even books or music, I say I don't have a favorite because if I have a favorite, then that means I haven't you know, uh, experienced enough of that medium. If I had a favorite video game, that means I haven't played enough video games. If I have a favorite album, that means I haven't listened to enough albums. Um, and generally that holds true, right? For video games, I have different favorites at different times in my life. I have different favorites in different genres on different systems, right? My favorite SNES RPG is different than my favorite PS1 RPG. And like, if I were to compare both of those, right? Uh, which would be uh, probably fucking chrono trigger and saga frontier or honestly that's like that's like the that's like the niche like way out that's like the hipster like i'm cool enough to not say final fantasy answers um even though i do probably think that those might be my answers but i could also just ease just as easily substitute final fantasy six and nine for those um but like you know those are my favorites for different reasons uh and they impacted me in a different way at different times in my life uh but I, I don't think any show will ever have the same uh, like cult of personality the same way that it has sort of flowed throughout my life and and the same uh, just breadth of of humor of in- impact on me like there I don't think that there's another show that will do nearly as much for me as uh this show did and still does to this day and that show is community um when i said earlier i was wearing a blue shirt i was actually going to say i'm wearing a community shirt uh because i am i'm wearing a blue community shirt with pixel icons of all the characters from the season three episode where they uh get transported into a video game but i still maintain to this day that Community season one is the single most perfect season of television ever created. There is not a single season of another show that consistently has as many amazing episodes as Community season one. I truly don't think that there is a single bad episode in Community season one. And not only are there not any bad episodes, there are not any episodes that are just good. There is nothing but solid fucking bangers for every single episode of that season. Uh, And it is just as much of a high point in seasons two and three, though I think seasons two and three do have like slight dips. If season one is just straight tens out of the gate, then season two and three might have a few nines in there. But the first three seasons of community are probably the strongest, most consistent showing um, of a first three seasons. I think out of any uh, show I've ever seen, 
Like, when you think of, like, very popular television shows, like, just think about The Office and think about how dog shit the first season is. Think about how much they had to retrofit Michael's character by the second season so that people actually like them. Think about Parks and Rec. Think about the first six, four or six episodes. Like, the first season was super short and was also dog shit. They had to fix Andy's character. They did a lot of stuff with Anne different in the second season. All of these shows took their first season to, like, just throw shit at the wall and then, like, fix everything. Community's very first episode is still some of the best and wittiest and funniest dialogue I've ever heard all the way to the last episode of season one. And really all the way to the end of the fucking show, right? And the show itself, you know, is has some tumultuous uh, times within it, right? They never really knew if they were getting renewed. Uh, they were part of a, a block of sitcoms on Thursday night, which originally included The Office, 30 Rock, Parks and Rec, and then Community. And NBC never, you know, let them know if they were getting renewed for another season, so they were always kind of up in the air. Uh, and then at the end of season three, Dan Harmon, the show creator of now Rick and Morty fame, uh, you know, gets fired from his own show, has different fucking people take over the show for season four. Uh, it's easily i think the worst season out of ever all of them even even worse than season six which is uh another low point for the series uh but then after season four dan Harmon comes back in season five and the first episode of season five literally starts with them basically like being like what the fuck happened like do you guys remember last year and they're like oh you mean that big gas leak that happened and they immediately er erase an entire season's worth of lore just by saying there was a giant gas leak and no one can remember what the fuck happened because it was such an abomination. There were some okay episodes in season four. But season five, coming out with bangers like Meow Meow Beans, fucking The Floor is Lava episode, uh, fucking um, the episode, uh, uh, shit, I can't remember what it is, um, but Pierce gives everyone fucking uh, presents. Um, I'm trying not to spoil that episode too, too much. Um, and like just some absolutely incredible episodes throughout. Um, but it also, uh, you know, had major departures, right? Um, and really season four saw Chevy Chase leaving halfway through. He was only in the first episode of season five to fulfill a contractual agreement. Donald Glover left a couple episodes into season five. Uh, and then finally, uh, Yvette Nicole Brown left, uh, uh, part of the way through season six. Uh, season six was picked up by fucking Yahoo streaming service of all things. And this was like before Netflix really was buying shows or like trying to revive shows as highly as they are now um and uh the the joke is even amongst the cast of community uh that they bankrupted yahoo um which it's kind of not a joke because yahoo kind of blames that show for like bankrupting their streaming service but it was your own fault for trying to pull viewers over with one show um that while does have a very dedicated fan base at at its sixth season certainly wasn't going to bring any new viewers to your terrible ass streaming platform. Um, but of course you also have the big uh, sort of cultural meme in terms of community, which is uh, Abed's classic line, six seasons in a movie, uh, which is a reference to an episode where he's referencing a show called the Cape. Uh, and Jeff says it'll last three weeks. And Abed replies six seasons in a movie, which means that everyone thought community was going to last for six seasons in a movie so once we got the sixth season now we've just been waiting on the movie for this long 
Um, I watched a uh, retrospective uh, like Q&A as well as a table read of the aforementioned Pierce giving presence episode uh, from season five. Uh, and all of the cast feel like they're still in the show, feel like they're all still literally best friends, like even outside of reading the script. Uh, and when they were asked about a movie, kind of played a little coy. I think we're closer than ever to it actually happening. I think getting Donald Glover back is sort of tantamount to being able to do this. And obviously he is extraordinarily busy um, and very, very successful now um, with his music career and everything uh, and also doing his own show in Atlanta. Um, but I, I, I think we're, we're on the cusp. My hope, my dearest hope uh, is that we can get a, a, a movie of community, but to, to sort of cycle back into why I wanted to talk about this, I, uh, you know, Community just came out on Netflix um, maybe sometime this month. Maybe it was late June. Uh, but I was like, I got to fucking watch it. And I never rewatch shows. Let's let's be clear about this. There are shows that I fucking love to death. There are shows that I used to download every episode off of Easy TV and watch it like clockwork and have every episode saved on a hard drive. And I will more than likely never watch them again. I am very much of the opinion that we have such a limited amount of time to experience all the things that we can experience that generally speaking, we should always be seeking new creative medium experiences, right? The one sort of asterisk to that I think is music because I really do believe that music is is meant to be experienced more than once. I don't think that a a album can maybe truly be appreciated until you've consumed it more than once. Um, it may be because there that's you know it's a shorter experience, right? It's an hour long. Uh, you know, sometimes I've rewatched movies and everything, and, and I don't really rewatch movies, um, but I do think there is some merit in rewatching movies. But Community's first season. So I started watching it when it first came out. Like when it first aired, I was on fucking board with this. I don't remember why I wanted to watch this show. I don't remember even if it was something that registered in my mind as to being like, oh, hey, this is a show on TV. I think I remember just seeing a clip of it online and being like, I have to watch this. Like this looks so funny. And I knew Joel McHale from The Soup and that was about it. Um, I... Oh, no, actually, that's not true. I knew Donald Glover from his YouTube channel uh, and his YouTube channel's movie that he had come out with, um, which his name is escaping me. I want to say it's The Mystery Team, but I'm pretty sure that's the movie with Kel from Keenan and Kel from the early 90s. Um, fuck, what is the name of his? Derek Comedy is the name of his YouTube channel. Um, and that fucking YouTube channel has some bangers. Opposite Day, um, How Dry Do You Want It, Girls Aren't Meant to Be Trusted, uh, Spelling Bee, um, uh, uh, fucking uh, Break the Wrist and Walk Away, Personal Self-Defense. Um, just so many amazing short comedic videos, and they were putting out banger after banger after banger like all the time it was him and like two or three other guys uh from nyu uh uh those other people also had uh guest starring roles in the first season of the community um but like that's where i knew uh donald glover from 
And so I was like, holy shit, it's fucking Donald Glover from fucking Derek Comedy on a show. It's Joel McHale from The Soup. Um, I didn't, I, I recognize uh, Yvette Nicole Brown, um, but didn't really know what I knew her from. Uh, I didn't know anything about Alison Brie being a madman. Um, I fucking never watched the Hangover movie, still haven't. Uh, so I didn't know who uh, Ken Jeong was. Um, and obviously I knew who Chevy Chase was, but like his comedy was so old that he hadn't really been relevant for a while. Uh, but it was just, it's just a masterpiece of writing and directing. And to give you an idea of how a masterpiece of directing it is, and if, if you're totally unfamiliar with community, the Russo brothers, yes, the same Russo brothers that fucking directed Avengers, Captain America, all that Marvel shit started their directing career or I think maybe they did a couple things before this but really like cut their teeth on their directing career in the first couple seasons of Community. They were the main people doing directing in Community and it's really funny because it shows in some of the episodes you can clearly tell um, some of the more action oriented scenes and action oriented episodes are very much uh, uh, influenced by or rather Avengers and action scenes and that's very much influenced by what I think they learned uh, directing community. Um, but I've seen community's first season at least six times now, and I'm rewatching it for a seventh slash eighth time. Um, and we'll probably go through the whole series. I think I've only seen the whole series uh, uh, twice. Maybe actually I know I've only seen the whole series once, but I think I've, I've only seen like most of the series twice. Um, but I literally discovered the show, downloaded, I think, like the first however many episodes. Uh, and I think I actually dis uh, discovered it early, watched some episodes, and then like took a break. And then like I had like 20 episodes. So I rewatched all 20 episodes. I go to my two buddies at the time in college. I'm like, we absolutely have to watch this show. So we like start watching like the first couple episodes. One of them has to go somewhere for the weekend. I finished all the episodes I had with one friend. When the other friend came back, I rewatched all of the episodes again. And then um, that would have been in 2009, 2010 that this was happening. Um, and the first season is just, again, it's, it's the most perfect season of television you will ever watch you owe it to yourself if you like any sitcom ever to watch at least the first season of community it has incredible episodes uh the action oriented episode in in this season i don't want to spoil it because uh it's it's the episode that a lot of people use to get people interested in community and while yes it is a brilliant episode and shows how they do uh, pop culture references shows how they do comedy shows how they do action shows how they do a bunch of different things um it is way better if you don't know that that shit is about to happen and it just happens um because it is a motif and theme that they play uh throughout the rest of the series and it's phenomenal and i love every second of it so the um but the season is so great uh i was in season maybe three or four let's see that would have been 2012 so yeah, season four-ish, uh, season three, when I uh, started dating my now wife, um, she used to, uh, basically, I would watch episodes down in the basement that I lived in, and she would kind of hang out on the couch and fuck around on her computer while I was watching them. And basically, she liked watching me 
she liked watching me watch community because of how just visceral uh and just absolutely gut-wrenching my laughter was watching this show i like regularly would fall off of the couch and like could not breathe laughing it is that funny and even now just knowing where some of the jokes are going and remembering certain lines i still laugh every fucking time without fail it is the funniest shit and so eventually she's like hey um let's watch this show so i started back over from season one rewatched it all uh and then uh just recently because it's back out and because um we uh never finished season six i was like we should start community over and so she we have some other tv that we want to watch and she does like community but it's not her favorite show and so we're like kind of like going through maybe like one or two episodes every week or so and i was like fuck that so i because it's also available on hulu i started hulu and i started we got to like episode nine i literally just started over at episode one and just rewatched all the nine episodes i had just seen in the last couple of weeks and am now like halfway through season one again it is such a boon for me mentally it is one of the few shows that i can just watch and almost never feel anything but joy and happiness. And there are sad moments in community. And there are moments when they make you pause and reflect and think about things. But the overall atmosphere of that show, the overall understanding and sort of implicit contract it has with a viewer is so deeply rooted in, in comedy that is both intellectual uh, and like funny, right? Because you can have some intellectual humor where, like the the joke is so complex or the joke is so like over the top that you just kind of go like, oh, that is funny, right? You think about it, you understand that it's a joke, your brain recognizes it that that it's a joke, but it doesn't like trigger laughter, it doesn't trigger anything because it's it's almost like too highbrow. But they, they do comedy in such a way that I'm never not laughing at all of their jokes. And the, some of their jokes are just so fucking out there. Uh, to give you an a example, in, in season one, there is a uh, uh, two characters are talking. One is American, one is British. They're kind of making uh, jokes back and forth about each other. Um, and he says, uh, something about how are you and James Bond from the same island? And the British person responds and is leaving. And so the American person says, cheers. Someone walks by, someone who's a, a big, uh, in the show, a big, uh, student of TV and film and says, mash. And the British person says, faulty towers, checkmate. And even explaining the joke, there's maybe of the, even if I had an audience of a million people, there's like three people who laughed at that joke because it's not in, implicitly funny in terms of like a joke that you tell. But when you see it in the context of the show and then you realize what they're doing, like him, like them picking those three shows in particular with those three demographics of people and like 
those three shows having you know very uh, uh, historic endings like it's beautiful comedy and for those that don't know Faulty Towers is a longer is long running British show that had a big ending just like Mash and Cheers did in America right so it it's dialogue like that that's so snappy that's clever and that when it's delivered I'm laughing even as I'm understanding the joke right I it's it's hard to describe comedy in a way that resonates with people and I understand that um because it's like you know the funniest thing you could do to a joke is explain it and so by explaining any jokes I instantly kill now when you see that moment in the show instead of laughing at it you'll just understand and recognize that it was something that I explained so it's like I don't want to delve too far into it but just the dialogue is still I think some of the best written dialogue I've ever heard in terms of like fast quick-witted quick-paced dialogue uh, I think the only show that's even come close to it is Letterkenny and honestly I'm I think most of the way through season two of Letterkenny and a lot of their shticks are already so fucking tired that I'm not really laughing anymore like everything was new and everything was fresh with season one and season two is just kind of a letdown right now and community never feels like that they don't fall into tropes unless they're meaning to do so in a way that satirizes things they don't like fall into shoehorning characters into specific areas in fact one character even calls attention to the fact that they laid pretty heavily on something in a previous episode sort of breaking the fourth wall and says like i can lay low like this episode like continuing to break the fourth wall and it's it's just like stuff like that where they're so understanding and cognizant of the show that they're doing is why community is hands down the best sitcom i don't think anything will ever ever top it ever um and that's why every single one of you should go watch fucking community you should stop this podcast uh after of course you've hit the subscribe button and just go watch community and and have a fucking lovely tuesday also i didn't do any calls to action at the beginning of the fucking podcast so let's just throw them here at the end if you're still listening thank you so much for listening you can follow us on twitter at t-s-o-m-o-v podcast you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at slash the sound of my own voice podcast. You can obviously, of course, always go to the sound of my own podcast, the sound of my own podcast, the sound of my own voice podcast.com uh, and listen to all episodes there as well as leave comments. Let me know if there's anything you think I'm doing great, anything I think I'm doing wrong. Shit. Send me an email. Go to the website. My email's on there. It's Ian at the sound of my own voice podcast.com. Let me know what the fuck is going on. As I said before, you owe it to yourself to go watch fucking Community. Go start that Netflix shit up right now and watch it until it asks you if you're still watching. Have a great Tuesday. I'll talk to you guys later.